25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Pretty obvious by the text line today that not everybody went to the same history class that I went to or that you went to. Details at 11. That's some uh, extracurricular studies. <laughs> Interpretive um, yeah. history lessons. You know the kind where you just make crap up. Hey, welcome into the show. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's Farm Bureau. In mere minutes on the Divini phone, it'll be Teddy Cahill from Baseball America, national writer covering college baseball for Baseball America. He has spent some time in the state of Mississippi this year watching baseball and certainly is following it, but also has a national perspective on who's doing what. Time to check in with one weekend left in the regular season. Southern Miss, over the last couple of weeks, they've lost two series in a row in Conference USA, so now they're going into the final weekend in a tie atop Conference USA with Florida Atlantic. Um. Obviously, we know the situation with State and Ole Miss. We talk about it all the time. Ole Miss is going to go to Tennessee this coming weekend. State's going to host South Carolina. Stuff still up for grabs. Only a game difference in the West. What does it all mean? All of that and more coming up. You may text the show. 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. Interesting comparison earlier in the show from Bradley, who's listening in Starkville. Online comparison of uh, there's some similarities in the the time for Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. He said it's similar to Mike Bianco at Ole Miss in that you win a ton of games and raise the profile of the program, but don't quite get it done in the postseason. You know, football is just an entirely different animal than baseball. Baseball, sixty something teams have a shot at. You know, baseball recruiting is much different. The 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 money from boosters and extra benefits and cars and homes and jobs doesn't flow in college baseball quite the way it does in football and basketball. And so it's a little more pure of a college sport. Coastal Carolina won a national title in baseball a few years ago, won the College World Series. Any shot in football? None. Zero. Never. Forget it. And so there is that comparison of you know, to what level has the ceiling been so far? Thing is, Mullen never got stayed in the college football playoff. But Bianco has gotten Ole Miss in the College World Series. Sure has. 
he could very well have them there again because he has that kind of team, that kind of program every year. You know, like a, a top five, top ten, top fifteen type of program in his sport, a sport that has almost 300 schools that play college baseball. And as much improvement as Dan Mullen injected into that Mississippi State program. And, yes, he had them ranked number one there for a while in the middle of it. And just, you know, facilities upgrades and prominence and players going to the pros and Dak and winning and bowl games and all this. You still wouldn't look at it and go, well, right now Mississippi State is is an annual top 10 program, top 15. There's a conversation year in, year out, depending on the team, but it's not a it's not a given that every year they're top ten, top fifteen. Whereas, you know, really for Ole Miss baseball it is. It's pretty much a given they're top ten, top fifteen type of program every year. Especially you look at what their attendance is and then what they're paying their coach. So some similarities, but also some not, frankly. It's kinda kind of ironic how this is the fa- same fan base though that was so solid behind Freeze. Mm-hmm. And that are yeah, so well, quick to dump on you know Mike Bianco, who I'm sure there's a list of about five to ten schools who are going, yeah, let him go, <laughs> let it go. No doubt, no he question about it. He wouldn't be unemployed for probably five minutes. That's exactly right. You think a, a baseball program like Alabama wouldn't love to hire Mike Bianco? <laughs> I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? Don't do it, guys. And and you're right. Look, the thing is, you know, football is a little different. Um, Ole Miss football bottoms out. It bottomed out, just completely bottomed out. Bad as it gets when Freeze got that job. Yeah, bottom of the league. And so bowl game year one, the nostalgia of the Sugar Bowl thing, and Sugar Bowl is not now what it once was. But still, you know, the nostalgia aspect of that and some relevance in football and winning – um, you're right. Didn't matter. Could even have some ups and downs. Could have NCA nipping at your heels. And even embarrass the school. And then some of them still want freeze back. So think about Mike Bianco. As solid and as consistent as you could have ever hoped for when you hired him. Has taken not a your, whiff of scandal. Like not a whiff yesterday. of scandal. Has taken your program from nothing to something. And not just something, but top 10, top 15. And not one time has he ever embarrassed your school. It's it's just funny. We're all fickle, aren't we? We just really are. Let's talk real quick uh, while we get Teddy Cahill from Baseball America on the uh, Divinity phone. Also, I already have Holden over here, the peas and cornbread preacher. Hey, preacher. What's up? Hey there, Matt. How are you? Good morning. Morning. What's up? I just got a question. I I really love your intro. I really do. I don't get tired of listening to it. Good. I mean, every time it comes on, I like Jerry Clower. I like uh, the way it's worded, and and I just want to commend you on it. But, you know, I I can see you rolling out to the right. I can see you throwing that ball. And I can see there's somebody named Matthew that catches it in the end zone, but He's not giving credit with giving us his last name. Well, they say it on there. You just didn't hear it. Yeah, he says uh, caught by well, touchdown by Matthew Butler. It's on there. Well, it doesn't. The Butler don't show. Don't come on. Listen to the intro. It okay. turns off and it says Matthew, and then it just Brett. So it's a Butler, right? <laughs> yes, his name is Matt, 
Matt All Butler. Right. I'm going to go back and listen, yeah. and if and if and if it's not in there, we'll change it. Make sure it's in there. <laughs> well, that's all right. But I was all these times I listened to it. I said, "Well, I've got to call him one day and give credit to where credit's due. Who's the one catching that ball?" Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. All it, right, that's what I wanted to find out. Thank you, preacher. You're right, Matt, and he really deserves all the credit on that. If you go back and you watch that play, that that was from the the Mississippi State versus Auburn game in 1999, 20 years ago. And if you go back and watch when Matt Butler caught that ball, like there's no way he should have caught it. It should have been an interception. And it's just I don't know how in the world he ever hung on to that football. It's really incredible. Glory days. The older I get, the better I was. Somebody who's covering modern sports. <laughs> College baseball currently on a national level is Teddy Cahill from Baseball America, national writer for Baseball America covering the college game, and you can follow him on Twitter at Ted Cahill. But if you'll wait a minute, you can just listen to him right now. He's on your radio here in the state of Mississippi, and appreciate that on the Divinity Equipment phone. Teddy, uh, thanks for jumping on here early in the week. What is kind of the, it's the, the final week of the regular season? And for you, um, as you watched what was going on this past weekend in Oxford State, getting a sweep on the road up there in Oxford, was that a surprise? Uh, you know, I mean, at some level, yeah, because you don't ever expect sweeps on the road. Uh, on other levels, you know, you look at the way the Mississippi State has dominated that series now for four years, and um, you know, that's uh, that's kind of what, what it's been like. But uh, to, to go into to Oxford and, and come up with a sweep for the second straight time. I mean, that, that is unexpected, I think, ultimately. And uh, I mean, it's a it's a very loud showing by the Bulldogs last weekend. All right, and so it's safe to say that that you guys at Baseball America and everyone else, pretty much right now, you feel like State is is a national seed, barring something crazy over the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, maybe like make sure you win another game here or there. But I, I think that for the most part, you know, you're looking at a team that already has more than 40 wins, that already has 18 SEC wins, and uh, a lot about that resume looks absolutely outstanding. So I, I think they are in absolutely great shape right now. Okay, and what about Ole Miss as it pertains to hosting in the postseason? Last week was very, very bad for Ole Miss in terms of that. Their RPI is out of the top 25 right now, and they have a lot of work to do, I think, here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be it, – it's possible, you know, because they, they're going to Tennessee. And Tennessee, obviously, is a, is a good team with a good RPI and everything. So if they go up there and, and really make some noise, then things are going to change. But, you know, that's also a tougher, tough series. Uh, Tennessee plays really well at home. They pitch really well. And – they uh, they need this for their own postseason, um, you know, because they're they're still under 500 in the conference. They're they're just trying to get their record in the SEC as close to 500 as possible. So they're going to be plenty motivated. Uh, you know, so that, that makes it for a tough weekend. But if Ole Miss can find a way this weekend, or maybe make another run like they did a year ago mm-hmm. in Hoover, uh, you know, they're they're not out of it yet. But it, last week was a big hit to the Rebs. Do you think, Teddy, that? Um... You know, they're in a situation where, okay, yeah, they got to go win these games at Tennessee. You know, they got to make noise there. But also in the SEC tournament, it, it, a lot of it has to do with the teams that they actually get matched up against because it will all be about getting their RPI into that top 16. Is, is that kind of 
Is that the right way to look at this for Ole Miss? You know, I don't think it matters too much who they end up playing in Hoover because everyone that's there is going to have a really strong RPI. Okay. Uh, so I, you know, for for their for that just that perspective, just playing and winning a bunch of games is is probably the most important thing. Okay. Um, you know, right now, everyone going to Hoover would have a top fifty RPI. So is this what what how that gets matched up isn't going to you know provide too significant. Uh, a, a difference in, in what kind of bump you're looking at on a day-to-day basis there. I think they just need to find a way to to pick up as many wins as they can to, to push that RPI uh, closer, uh, at least 20. Right now, it, the RPI is a little goofy right now, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of some of these teams that are in the top 20. And so you don't necessarily need to be in the top 16 this year, I don't think. I think being in the top 20 might be good enough if you have some other things on your resume. Okay. Teddy Cahill from Baseball America on your radio. If you don't already, y'all follow him on Twitter at Ted Cahill. Teddy, um, Southern Miss, are they an NCAA tournament team? I think, yeah. Uh, they, uh, they're they looking pretty good right now. They're tied for first place in Conference USA. Um, you know, it's the record overall record is, is pretty solid, and their RPI is, is okay. You know, I know that they haven't had quite the finish that they've been looking for uh, the last two weeks. They, you know, losing to FAU and then losing at Rice, but I think they're still in, in pretty good shape, partially because the bubble of the NCAA tournament right now is terrible. Uh, so if Southern Miss can just go out, win this weekend, um, you know, kind of finish off a, a little better against UAB here, uh, they'll either win uh, Conference USA or finish just behind FAU, and I, I think that'll get them in. Okay, good stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation, uh, it seems like, for a couple of days now coming out of the weekend about Mike Bianco uh, and that Ole Miss program. And it's a lot of it's natural. You know, you lose three games to your rivals, so some of the home fans are fed up, and they're like, we need somebody else. And then everybody else is stepping up to the plate, including earlier talking with John Cohen, really stepping up and going to bat for how good of a coach Mike Bianco is. I've done that. Um, what's your evaluation of him as it pertains to that program and the kind of coach he is? And and what you think, if there's an Ole Miss fan out there who's who says we need a change, what's your message for them? You know, I, I think that what he's done at Ole Miss has been very impressive. He, uh, I, I think, do understand where the frustration is coming from. You know, you lose um, 14 games over the last four years to your arch rival. Uh, that'll wear on you. And so I get that. Uh, and I get that he's also been there a long time and that, you know, there is, I think, a natural inclination among fans in all sports, uh, you know, for eventually you just kind of want something different. But he's really good at this, and I think that when you look at the broader tenure of of his Ole Miss career, and you look at the you know broad scope of that program and kind of where he's he's brought it, I, I think it's a it's been a very impressive career, and I, I think that they would, I you know he does a great job there. You know they uh, they haven't had the tournament success in the last few years that I know that the people are looking for, but. You know, they, they're consistent SEC West contenders. And I, I think that this group, you know, it's not done yet. This, this class still could go out and make some noise in the postseason. And, um, you know, it's, uh, 
they continue to recruit at a high level. They continue to, to perform at a pretty high level during the regular season. And I, I think that what he's done there has been very impressive and, and that he's definitely one of the better coaches in the SEC. Teddy Cahill on your radio right now. It's always good to catch up with you. It's a fun time of year. People around here, we just love it. This last week, conference tournament. Uh, Hoover is always the most fun thing that I go to uh, every year. I won't see you there, will I, next week? Oh, I will be there. It's uh, it's a grind, but it's uh, it's a great time with uh, you know all the all the talent on the field there. You can't beat that. That's exactly right. Well, I look forward to seeing you there. And then, you know, with State pretty squarely hosting in the postseason, I know you've been to the new dude already, Teddy. But and not that anybody needs an invitation from me. I just want to say it that you are absolutely <laughs> invited back, and I hope you come back for the postseason for the regional at State. That uh, will be a raucous environment for sure. We'll have to see where I end up in the postseason, but uh, I am sure that the fans at Starkville will be ready for for that regional, and they will be fired up all around the outfield uh, and beyond. No <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt. Sunscreen, uh, straw hats, tiki huts, and uh, barbecue. You know, I mean, that's kind of – there you go. There's four descriptors of what it will be like. Uh, out there uh, in the outfield. Teddy, I appreciate it, man. It's good to talk to you. And I know you're busy, so thanks again for your time, and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's always a fun time. Yep, you as well. Y'all follow Teddy on Twitter if you don't already. He is at Ted Cahill. Teddy Cahill from Baseball America. Talking um, with him just a little bit. And Teddy recently wrote an, uh, a piece kind of outlining in his Mind and his evaluation of you know what the experience is like at the new ballpark at State. He went and experienced that, and of course covers college baseball on a national level. And whenever he's on the show here, I obviously talk to him about State and Ole Miss, what we care about, uh, care about in Southern Miss and the SEC. But if you follow him, you're going to get a lot of information about college baseball nationally. Um, didn't get into it here, could have, but didn't. You know as to why it is that. UCLA has just kind of been this hands-down number one team for so long throughout the regular season. Vandy obviously pushing them, and Vandy at one point was ranked number one in their rankings. But really the rankings that matter are the RPI ones. That's going to tell you who's going to host and who's going to be the seed that could host two times in the postseason and then, you know where everybody's stacking up, who you're going to have to travel to, those kinds of things. So that's what you'll pay attention to. And I did find it interesting. I don't know if you paid attention and heard that, but Number one, with where Ole Miss was and is in the RPI, last weekend was bad for them. You know, losing those three games at home, even though it is a a top five RPI team in Mississippi State, um, very bad for their hosting uh, chances anyway. As as we, that was kind of you know the way that he described it, and so now it leaves them in a position of really needing to make some things happen this weekend at Tennessee as well as next week at the SEC Baseball Tournament in Hoover, which begins one week from today. And unless something pops up, I will be there broadcasting this radio show from the Hoover Met Stadium all four days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The Farm Bureau Studio will pick up and travel east to Hoover, Alabama. So Ole Miss, according to Warren Nolan, Ole Miss baseball at number 28 in the RPI. 
But he said he doesn't think they have to get into the top 16 in the RPI necessarily to, to then be a host site. He thinks getting inside the top 20 would probably be enough considering some of the other things. So I found that interesting. I'd have to do a little more research to kind of really be able to wrap my head around that because generally you got to be inside that top 16. In fact, Chase Parham, who covers Ole Miss for rebelgrove.com, he was on this show last week. And the stat that he threw out there is that it's been a long day. You're talking about a lot of years where any SEC team not in the top 14 in the RPI hosted. It was like something like five or ten years, whatever the time frame was. Any SEC team that hosted in the postseason was inside the top 14 in the RPI. And, and so to me, that's kind of a benchmark. I, it would really – I'm not just sitting here disagreeing with Teddy, but it would really be unusual for somebody to be just inside the top 20 in the RPI and host, I would think. But Ole Miss sitting there at 28. The good news is, though, they're on the road for three games this weekend at the number 10 RPI team in Tennessee. So a series win up there, certainly a sweep would do wonders for their RPI in the short term. And then everybody they're going to go up against at the SEC tournament is going to be a good RPI team. And it counts as a neutral site, which also the RPI favors that. So there's still a chance. They just have work to do. State is squarely in good shape, 42-10, and 18-9 in the conference, sitting at number three in the RPI. Not completely in the barn, but most of the hay is in there for State. Phone calls, text coming up. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. The little engine that could. Could what? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Hey, you need a new phone? Yeah, I got your attention, didn't I? <laughs> Everybody. Got that cracked phone. That's it. Hey, y'all need a new phone? I can get somebody's attention anytime I want. Just go, hey, hey, is that your phone? You're like, what, 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 what? Got your attention. Join prepaid by C Spire and get two lines of unlimited for $35 each. Now think about that for just a second. It's prepaid, but for thirty-five bucks each, you get two lines of unlimited plus two free phones. This is at Ceasefire, and it's all on top of this, you know, deal where you know people are. Some are giving. If you have the prepaid, some people in some places give you the lower data priority, where you know you're prepaid, so if data's tight. You may not have it. You're like, why can't I stream? I usually, oh, that's why. Well, not at Ceasefire. You don't have to worry about that. It's a top-tier network, obviously, but they're not going to give you this lower data priority because you're prepaid. So finally, prepaid, that's customer-inspired. Learn more at Ceasefire.com. Again, prepaid by Ceasefire. Two lines of unlimited 
$35 each, and two free phones. I got a text on the text line earlier, 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. Somebody said, what do I know about this new um, basketball signee for Ole Miss? I didn't think it was a signee. In fact, yeah, I think it is a commitment, but in effect will be a signee if he stays that way, right? This is reported by Parrish Alford of the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Uh, Kadeem Sai is his name. He announced a verbal commitment to Ole Miss yesterday. A huge boost, Parrish says, to basketball coach Kermit Davis in a great position of need. Six foot ten, 240 pounds. Kadeem Sai ranked the number three junior college player in the country by 24-7 sports. Ooh, what a big <laughs> bingo. If it ever applied, that's it. He is a native of Senegal. Originally signed with Virginia Tech before being uh, honorable mention JUCO All-American at Daytona State College. That is obviously in Florida. He also had offers from Arkansas and from LSU. Chose Ole Miss. So that's so, probably his given name, not his taken name. Yeah, Kadeem Sy. S-Y is how it is. Last name is spelled. Two letters. S-Y. And, um, yeah. So that's a big get for them, both literally and physically. Had to do it. A couple of other things, real quick. Tim texted earlier and said, the war for Southern independence was fought over taxes. He says, black Confederate soldiers were paid same as white, not so for black Union soldiers. Also, black Union soldiers weren't allowed to fight side by side with whites. Confederates, white and black, fought together. Whew. Tim. Well, you know, that was one of those wars where you paid somebody to go fight for you. So it, it was just the poor black folks and the poor white folks out there. It was a there. rich man's war and the poor man's fight. And later in the war, when a lot of the Confederate soldiers started to come to that realization, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Look up. The free state of Jones. That's what happened. They went to heck with this. And, you know, I would just say, Tim, listen, none of that is basically true. Um, start over. Go go and find, you know, a, a reputable source of Civil War history and start over from Chapter 1. Um. And in regards to uh, Moose Dog, text back in, we were talking about, you know, the, some of the angst uh, with Ole Miss baseball that fans, some of them perturbed, losing three games to state this weekend, and a few of them, hey, we need a new coach. Moose Dog said if state hadn't been in the College World Series uh, a bunch, it would not bother them as much. And, you know, look, there's something to that effect, too, when – you have, you know, one school that it's doing something and there's a big rival that's not. That's the Auburn-Alabama deal over there. You, you, it's hard to find a, a fan base with more of an inferiority complex total, all total, than Auburn. You almost can't find a bigger fan, a bigger inferiority complex in a fan base than the Auburn fan base. And the thing is, 
Auburn's been great in a lot of things. They have a very recent national championship and Heisman winner, <laughs> but they don't. They still don't think they're worth a crap because they constantly compare themselves to Alabama. <laughs> you know, so the in-state rivalry thing, you know, in different sports can ebb and flow and, and certainly can have an impact on that also. So it's a valid point. Ah, uh, historical nugget. I just want to. I want to, so I'm going to do it. Roger, if you look it up, this particular day in history was a big day in the TV world. On May the 14th, 1989, the final episode of... Is that... Can I guess? Yes. It's not Give Me a Break, is it? It's not Give Me a Break. I bet we've been together. It's driving you crazy, isn't it? It's that guy that did all those songs. He did all those things. Oh, he did so many of them, yeah. And some people are going to say moonlighting. No, it's not moonlighting. See if this gets you. I got to let it go to the end um, before I tell you. What hints? Okay, there were three siblings, a mom and a dad and three siblings. The older sibling... Roger, that's the most 80s way ever to end a song, is you don't know how to end it, so you just go, sha-la-la-la. Sha-la-la-la. That was Family Ties. Remember remember Family Ties? Can I not? Yeah, I actually saw that. Yeah, with Michael J. Fox and... Everything? Alex Keaton. Yeah. Alex that's it, Alex Keaton. It's a great show. Big anyway, fan of Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, the final episode of, of that show aired on this day in nineteen eighty nine. And then the big one really was on this day, the same day, May fourteenth, but in nineteen ninety eight, the last one of these. Oh yeah. The show about nothing. Gridiron? Seinfeld. <laughs> Come on, Roger. The that last bell. They ring that bell. <laughs> the final episode of Seinfeld aired on this day in 1998 on NBC. And the commercials during that show, a 30-second commercial would cost you $2 million. For the Super Bowl the, that year. I know. The final episode of uh, – do you remember what happened on the final episode of – yeah, that's the, the one. Didn't they get hauled into court and all the people were there that they had, <laughs> yes, you know, messed over or every one of them that they had. Right, soup Nazi was there. That's right, the soup Nazi. They were all there. That's right. <laughs> Good stuff. Family ties. I want to go back and watch some of that. The uh, the older sister in that family ties was played by a Bateman. The the real life sister of Jason Bateman. What was her name? Can't remember. It starts with a J, I think. Yeah, I have to look. It up. I'm gonna look it up. I'll give you the answers. We come back. More to come. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
Well, what do you know? Surprise, surprise. Just because I find something entertaining does not mean everybody else likes it. Can you believe that? That is unbelievable. Shocking. Scott said on the text line, nothing like a lesson on TV history. What the hell are you doing, (laughs) banana hands? I know. And I'm, you know, Scott, you didn't even have to like make sure I knew that it was sarcastic. I'm picking it up. (laughs) Like I immediately know. I mean, I'm insecure enough to pick up your sarcasm in a text like that. Nothing like a lesson on TV history, two exclamation points. Well, look, I just like doing it sometimes, okay? That's all it is to it. Matt texted the show and said the best part of the Seinfeld finale was the late, great John Panette. And Roger informed me, yeah, John Panette was a big guy. He always talked about food. He was a very funny comedian, and I, I, I didn't – Remember that, but I, I remember him as a stand-up, and I had no idea that he had already passed away. Uh, like he made it to fifty. Made it like to fifty years old. And quite honestly, a writer. He's a, yeah, I think he had something to do with the Punisher. And really, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, the final episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, they threw him in jail. And you know how at the end of every Seinfeld episode, it would, as the credits were rolling, Jerry Seinfeld was doing a stand-up routine. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. What is it about these, you know, that kind of thing? Well, the last episode, they were in prison, so when they went to the stand-up routine, he was in an orange jumpsuit performing for the fellow prisoners. <laughs> and and George and Kramer are sitting in their orange jumpsuit out in the crowd, and they're the only ones laughing. Well, George wasn't laughing, but Kramer was laughing. So what is the deal with the yard? I mean, when I was a kid, my mother wanted me to play in the yard, but of course she didn't have to worry about my next-door neighbor Tommy sticking a shiv in my thigh. <laughs> And what's with the lockdown? Why do we have to be locked in our cells? Are we that bad that we have to be sent to prison? In prison? You would think the weightlifting and the sodomy is enough. (laughs) So, uh, anyone from cell block D? I am. I'll talk slower. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love cell block D. My friend George is in cell block D. (laughs) What what are you in for, sir? Middle one. Murder one. Ooh, watch out, everybody. Better be nice to you. I'm only kidding, sir. Lighten up. How about you? What are you in for? Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Don't steal any of my jokes. You suck. I'm going to cut you. Hey, I don't come down to where you work and knock the license plate out of your hand. <laughs> All right, Seinfeld, that's it. Let's go. All right. Hey, you've been great. And then, they, and, then, the and then they marched him out and they booed him and all that kind of stuff. How about that? You're performing for a prison. Hey, I don't come down to your work and knock the license plate out of your hand. <laughs> That was it. That was the final Jerry Seinfeld stand-up routine ever on the show. The last original one, anyway, ever on uh, the show Seinfeld. Hey, Roger, do you remember this when shows would go off the air? Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That was, uh, who was that? Somebody's production company signature thing? Mm -hmm. That was their signature thing. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Woo! (laughs) okay good stuff back in the day uh let me give you a heads up and then i'll get to a um, sorry scott we continued the tv history you know you can tell i just there's i just don't care um a lot of times i i can't scott here's here's the deal scott i can't let one text to the show dictate 
how I feel or think about anything, frankly. Is that understandable? I appreciate your feedback, but it's not like I'm going to act on it based on one text. It's like 102 days. What is that? Till college football? Yeah. Bring it on. Got 102 days to Man, wander you, through the wilderness. Are you? Oh yeah, right. Are you seeing this? Um, Tim Conway, comedian and Carol Burnett show star, has died at 85 years old. No. Yep. So today, remember this day, May the 14th, 2019, we lost Tim Conway. Tim Conway, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, like comedic genius. If you're too young to know about that show or what he did, then um, look it up. Tim Conway, Carol Burnett show, he was absolutely a genius. What was funny when he'd do that old man character, you know, yeah. even after he, he got really old. <laughs> yeah. He really do it. Yeah, that's right. He was he was funny right up to the end. Um, yeah. yeah. They were great. And their bloopers on that show were as funny as anything else. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I got a text, and it's not private. It's for all the world to see, but at the end it says, don't share this. But it's tweeted out. I don't know what I ought to do here. I'll just give you the basics. I got a, a tweet from Chris that says, I'm an Ole Miss fan, and I agree with Cohen. This is in regards to Bianco. He said, the problem is Ole Miss fans hate losing the state, therefore fire Bianco is what everyone thinks will solve the problem. The problem is state is just a better team. And then he says, don't share this or I'll get kicked out of all the Ole Miss fan pages. <laughs> thanks Matt well look he tweeted it and here's the thing I think he's not getting kicked out I mean there's there is plenty of a remnant of Ole Miss fans left who still just want the truth they don't care if it's good or bad or if it hurts or it doesn't they just want the truth right isn't that what we should all want really like the worst lies you can tell are the ones you tell to yourself I mean you may lie to other people this goes for anybody. This is not an old Miss thing. This goes for anyone. But, right, you should look in the mirror and, and just be completely upfront and honest with that person, right? And sometimes you just have to say, hey, look, you look in the mirror and you go, look, you're getting old. Stop buying sports cars and hair pieces and face jobs and all this kind of stuff. Stop it. You're just getting old. Accept it. It's a fact. It just is what it is. You're not going to fool anybody you're old. You know, sometimes you just have to be honest. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and go, look, that team over there is just better. Get over it. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. And I stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire. Here's a deal for you. Get the uh, new Google Pixel 3a now at C Spire. So limited time. So get it now. And, and you can also get it with a trade-in. Smarter tech, happier customers. Learn more at cspire.com. Cspire is customer inspired. Oh, Scott says he has two more follow-up texts. Now, Roger, I want your feedback. I want your honest feedback. I felt like he was being sarcastic when Scott said, nothing like a lesson on TV history. I wasn't sure exactly how he 
Well, he had two exclamation points on there. Isn't that a giveaway that it's usually sarcastic? Because he followed it up with, he said, thanks. And then he goes, really, I love going down memory lane. Oh, so I don't know. If he's, is he still doing it? I, now, I can't tell. <laughs> I honestly can't tell if he means that or if it's sarcasm. I think he means it. I want to, I want to assign the uh, best of intentions to everybody today. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'll see what Matt Camp had to say there. Larry David was the guy who said, I'm going to cut you. He's oh, he was the one who said that, who's, yeah. who uttered that line, I'm going to cut you. You suck, I'm going to cut you. Like, <laughs> like Bernie Sanders, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> it really sounded like that. We could listen to it again, but I don't want to offend Scott. And I just, you know, now I'm not sure if we should or not. <laughs> oh, See, that's what happens when you're mass communicating is you have to consider all kinds of people, not just one or two. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. That's right. That's what we're doing. Uh, let me give you a, a heads up on a couple things. One, if you're just tuning in, you, know, you just stepped out for lunch or something like that. Earlier in the show, John Cohen, Athletics Director of Mississippi State, was on the show. He started us off today. It is posted and available for you to listen to. Roger got that out there just as soon as it happened, basically. So look at my Twitter feed. I'm Radio Wyatt. There will be a link there that will take you um, to the website for The Zone, 105.9 in Jackson, Central Mississippi, surrounding areas. There will be a link there. Again, Twitter is Radio Wyatt. But also you could go to thezone1059.com and go to the on-demand section. Also, Earlier in this hour, Teddy Cahill from Baseball America uh, stopped in, and we chatted it up a little bit about state numbers. Uh-oh, here they come. Come the police came running by here looking for you, Roger. I turned the lights off, and they kept going. There you go. Uh, so Teddy Cahill, his interview also available for you uh, on demand. Again, link on my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt. And so you have that. There is midweek baseball. I hadn't previewed a doggone thing on this show. Hadn't felt like it. As Roger said, we still got over 100 days of college football. But we love baseball around here. But you do have baseball. I know State plays tonight, right? Like they're hosting Louisiana Tech in a midweek game. And it's either tonight or tomorrow when Ole Miss is at Arkansas State. They're going to kind of travel up there and then – Continue on and travel east and head over to play Knox, uh, play Tennessee in Knoxville. Yeah, it's tonight. So, six thirty p.m. Louisiana Tech at State in Starkville. Six thirty p.m. Ole Miss at Arkansas State. Midweek baseball. I'll give you results tomorrow. Thanks for listening. See ya manana. See ya. I'm going to do a terrific show today, and I'm going to help people because I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and doggone it. People like me.